0: It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarta. And greetings, everyone. This is Tom Scarta. and this is the Franchise Academy. Thanks for another uh, tuning in for another episode. I am uh, It's so interesting today I got a phone call <laughs> out of the blue from a lady who saw one of my videos about following your passion and and the video is about not following your passion when going into business and she said to me you know you're crazy that you need to have a passion for business and i 'm like, yeah you need to have a passion for business but you don't need to have a passion for the end product of what you're in business with if you're the business owner and she vehemently disagreed with me. And, you know, she's going from that axiom that says, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And and that's true if you got a job. But if it's a business, it's not a job. And you don't need to be passionate about what you do. You need to, you know, you need to like it. You need to enjoy the day-to-day more importantly. But, you know, you could be a vegetarian and still own a McDonald's. It, it really doesn't matter. So. What I'm doing here on the Franchise Academy is trying to show people the ways to pick a great franchise, and uh, my book, Franchise Savvy, talks all about that, you can pick that up on Amazon. We're going to talk today with a veteran in franchising, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about all of this stuff, and, and I'm so excited because Eileen Proctor, who's my guest, is a fellow New Yorker from Long Island, like me, and... um and so she's living in Florida now, but she is now the director of franchise development for Franchise Fastlane. And you probably heard me talk about Franchise Fastlane in the past, great company that develops franchises across the country and, and actually internationally. But she is now working with a brand that caters in the, to the senior market. And it's a concept called Care Patrol Senior Placement and also with Comfort Care, which we'll talk about, I don't know, maybe next week or the week after, we'll see. But Eileen really found her way in franchising through pet service franchises way back when. And now she is working with Franchise Fastlane and a guru. She is a proud mom of six adopted fur kids, three dogs and three cats, which I love. Again, lives in South Florida and she just went down there for about a year ago, moved there. She was just telling me before we went on the air and just to be closer to her siblings, which is really, really cool. But Florida's not a bad place to live. Eileen, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. How's it going out there on Long Island? I, I miss it. i to go walk <laughs> the dog and have some coffee.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's funny. i going to walk the dog. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. You know, this is a nice time of year in the Northeast. It's the springtime and just enjoying it. Glad winter's past us, as you could well imagine. So I love that you're working with the folks over at Franchise Fast Lane. How, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, first of all, it's an amazing company. It's uh, it's called it's called an FSO franchise sales organization, and the company is only about two years old. It's already uh, representing you know twelve plus of the of the best brands in the country. And um, I actually had kind of an interesting path on my career in franchising. I started out, let me back it up just a bit. You talked about pet services. I I pioneered the doggy daycare industry in Phoenix, Arizona, back in the year uh, 2000, when I started a company called uh, It's a Rough Life. And that's exactly spelled the way you heard it. It was a Phoenix's finest and funnest doggy destination where biscuits, balls, and belly rubs abound, you know, uh, number one for canine fun in the Valley of the Sun, et cetera, et cetera. And I ran it as a sole proprietor for um, seven years, multiple locations, and, and completely burned myself out. Uh, I wound up selling the business to a gentleman who said, hey, let's franchise it because it's an awesome, awesome business. And I said, all right, um, if you say so, but dogs don't read manuals, So how are we going to do that exactly? <laughs> Cause you know what I'm saying, Tom, it's like, you know, no, don't be there. It's not in the manual. Right. So, <laughs> right. so but he was, he was undaunted. His name was Tom Murray and Tom said, no, listen, I'm going to buy your business. And um, the only thing is you got to stay with the business. you got to be the spokesperson. You have to help me create everything about it being a franchise. And then you need to help me grow it across the country. So I thought, Hmm, you're going to buy my business. And you're going to keep paying me. This is good. I like this. This this, this was a revenue stream I had not imagined. And right. so I did. I worked with Tom. Uh, we changed the business's name because I really didn't want him to use it a rough life. It, it's so identified with me and vice versa. So he changed it uh, to uh, to another name. And his strategy was acquisitions. You know, taking the mom and pops who felt the same way as me, started a business and really – were burning themselves out because they didn't even know what they didn't know about business ownership, and to show them that with systems and processes and support from a you know central corporate facility could help them enjoy their business again. You know what I'm saying? Does that does that resonate with with what you're what you've heard in life about uh, the, the the brands
0: that you represent? You know, absolutely. And it's funny because it's kind of what I was referring to in the little anecdote. Where this lady called me today because she saw one of my YouTube videos and she's like lambasting me because I'm saying this shouldn't follow your passion. So you're saying that these folks who love dogs and even like yourself, you love the, the, the whole industry and you love rolling around on the floor playing with dogs. Does that mean you should get into a dog franchise?
1: Right, right. I, you know, I did a lot of consulting for a while and and people would say, oh, I really love dogs. I I really want to start a pet services business. And I'd say, listen, this is not about pet and puppies. This is about business. It's about. Bookkeeping and employees, and it's about legal matters, and and it's about customer service, and did I mention employees? And but it's it you very rarely as a business owner get to do the things that you think owning your own business is like. Uh, it's it's very germane to like um, I know you mentioned this on your podcast a lot because I I listen to it. You know the emails you know just because that just because that lady liked to bake pies because it reminded her of her grandmother doesn't mean that she should have been a business owner and and creating right. a business or buying into a business a franchise that provides the step by step that gives you the processes in place that doesn't make you reinvent a wheel is just the way to go had i known about it back then there really weren't any pet services franchises back then now there are quite a few I think I would have possibly gone in a different path. I don't know if it would have been better, but it sure would have been different because now I'm all over franchising, you know, like, like a dog and a biscuit, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah. That's uh, so cool. Yeah. So I wound up uh, working with Tom, um, expanding the business nationwide. And unfortunately Tom uh, passed away and I was like, oh, now what do I do? But I was hooked on franchising. And I wound hey. up working with, um, with a, another emerging brand in the shared office space co-working industry and spent four years in various areas of that of that particular brand and really helped climb the ladder and, and help them to be able to expand uh, to really great extents. But like all good things, they come to an end, right? And I was looking for something new to do. I was I wanted to move to Florida to be with my siblings, as you mentioned. And um, I heard about this franchise fastlane concept. And so I contacted the, uh, the owner and basically told him who I was and what I did. And he's like, as soon as I can find a good brand for you, you're in. What do you like? <laughs> so he, he told me about a few options. And the truth is I grabbed Care Patrol with both hands and I'm never going to let it go. It is an amazing brand that provides amazing service. It's a true soul brand. And mm-hmm. I love the opportunity to tell your listeners about it,
0: absolutely, but before we jump into that, I wanted to ask you had mentioned you know you worked with an emerging brand, so let's talk about that what what's the difference between an emerging brand in your opinion and something that is you know established and has you know hundreds of units
1: yeah, like like a mature brand. I think that's you know the best way to describe it as emerging or or new versus the tried and true mature brands. And um, neither one of them is better than the other. That's the first thing I want to say. It's it's all about your risk tolerance in some ways because emerging brands are new. They're either creating a whole new industry or they're new entrees to an existing industry. Right. And so they normally have under 100 units. Uh, some of them have one or two units that they're starting. And if your mm-hmm. tolerance for being first I I love the idea of, you know, there, you never have a second opportunity to be first, right? So I love getting in on ground floor of things. Yeah. But if your tolerance is for something new, different, you know, exciting, you know, you're going to be the first, uh, you're going to be part of, quote, history, an emerging brand might very well be a type of franchise that makes sense for you.
0: Yeah. And also, if I can add, Eileen, the thing about a a young franchise like that is that as a franchisee, you're able to mold the whole corporate structure. And some people love doing that. And, And I enjoyed that in a franchise I was involved in. So, yeah.
1: No, that's a that's a really good point. And um, you really want to start out trying to do it their way. okay? but then they're very open to the idea of, okay, what was your experience? Because they're they're not making it up as they go along, but they certainly, you know, they need to be able to twist and turn and be nimble. You know, be light on your feet, so to speak, because there's so much change in business and consumer and the economy, et cetera. So that's really a great aspect of an emerging brand. The more mature brands, they're tried and true. You know what you're going to expect. They've got brand recognition. They have found the niche that makes them very different than the competition. And you don't have to convince anybody. Mm -hmm. It's more established. The earnings are probably more predictable depending upon what industry you're in. So, you know, I kind of think that that's a major difference. But you don't have as much opportunity to inject your particular ideas and opinions because, you know, hey, young man, we've been doing this a long time and we know what we're doing. And, th- and they're looking for people who are going to follow a system more to the letter. You have something to add about that? Because you do this every single day. That's just my opinions.
0: Well, no, those, those are spot on. You're, you're speaking my language for sure. And, and you know, obviously preaching to the choir. But the one thing I want to point out, though, is a lot of times you have what we'll call a mature brand that has, you know, 200 units, 300 units, but it's still not a national household name. And people get confused about that. People feel like, oh, I, you know, I want to get a, a brand name. I want to, you know, so... And what they're really saying when you peel back the onion is that they don't want to have to market and and sell. (laughs) They want people just to come in because they know the brand. But a lot of times, you know, in my humble opinion, those big national brand names that you know that are a household name, the ship has already sailed. And, you know, the good cities. Are going, yeah, right? McDonald's,
1: I don't think, has sailed yet. I think that they're probably, you know, they're, they're always reinventing themselves. So I think that the important part of a mature brand is they don't get stodgy. They don't get lazy. Mm-hmm. They're continually looking for ways to differentiate themselves, maybe adding additional revenue streams, you know. I know you've spoken with some of my colleagues, for example, Massage Heights, which is mm-hmm. an established brand and, and they're all over the place, but they are creating a 2.0 version of themselves. And that's, that's very right. important to change with times. Those are the brands that are going to stay around for decades and decades to
0: come. Right, right. And, and that's why we brought them on the podcast a couple of weeks back, because they're doing that 2.0 transition. And I wanted you know, to share that with the audience it's a cool thing. And you like McDonald's is on like, I don't know, 50.0, you know, because <laughs> they're, they're so, you know, they started with seven menu items and now they have something like 200 and I don't know, 40 menu items or yep. something crazy like that. Yep. And and you need to do that. But like massage heights, as you, you brought them up, you, they're great. They're established, you know, they have and all the systems are down. They're awesome, but they're not a household name. No. This is what I'm trying to make the point about. Yep. And, Which is a great thing because you could make it a household name in your particular community. So even though it's not like uh, you're driving across the United States on vacation and you're going to see, you know, Massage Heights, you know, dotting the landscape, it's it's just not the way it is. Right. But that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And I think in my opinion, a lot of times it's better.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, franchises are regional as opposed to national and they're a household name in a certain area, but they're not, Mm -hmm. but they're not in other areas. And so a lot of that is intentional. A lot of it just happens to be the luck of the draw. okay, uh, for that franchisor, but Mm -hmm. um, it gives them the opportunity to be able to test market in certain areas, even have some company owned locations, which I always I always like that when a when a franchise starts out Uh, test programs, test um, opportunities, even McDonald's test menu items and see what works and what doesn't regionally right. and then roll them out and and see what happens. And so that's a great advantage mm-hmm. for a, a mature brand as well, is to be able to ship from regional to, to national.
0: All right. I'm a great example of a regional that has gone national, you know, very, very recently is Chick-fil-A. You know, they were very regional in the south, and the southeast, And now, you know, they're in New York and they're like growing everywhere. Yep,
1: they are everywhere. And the lines are wrapped around the, they're wrapped around the parking lot everywhere. And Mm. I don't know what people do on Sundays when they're closed. And that was their particular decision to close on Sundays. And it's like, you know, people don't know what to do with themselves when they can't have their little chicken nuggets, you know?
0: Yeah, it's really it's definitely weird. And also, since I brought it up, I also have to make the disclaimer that Chick Fil A is not a true franchise. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to buy a Chick Fil A, and I'm like, uh, no, you're not. Yeah,
1: no, you're not. Um,
0: yeah. It, it, you know, they're looking for a restaurant former restaurant owners for the most part, or, or high end managers that want to own only one unit, and you don't own it; they own it. You just manage it.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of an odd situation. But that's why yeah. there's experts like you to be able to help people understand the nuances between emerging versus mature versus business opportunities versus franchises. And, and what will mm-hmm. the franchisor support you with and what and what won't they? And, you know, your industry, the franchise consulting industry is, is such a godsend for individuals who are looking to really make the best decision for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You know, I used a franchise consultant to find my first franchise back in two thousand, and and that was a godsend to me for sure. Yeah. And and I did really really well with that because I was well matched. The second franchise I bought, I was cocky and and I didn't consult anybody, and I just I thought I knew what I was doing, and it became a disaster, and I lost almost my entire life savings.
1: Oh gosh, well.
0: And that's what made me a franchise expert, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, and that's, you know, I want to go back to that passion concept again, because one of the great things that a franchise broker does, I'm sure that you get a lot of people that come to you and say, I love dogs, I want a dog business, or I eat, I want a food business or something like that. And and they're so sure about what they need and what they want. But the thing is, what are there now, like over 4,000 franchises in the United States, Tom?
0: Yes. And mm-hmm.
1: you don't even know what's available and again, the difference between your passion, which normally when you go into a business that you're strictly passionate about, it becomes a hobby because you use mm-hmm. that other P, which is the profit driver. You're doing it all you know, for the fun and, and for the experience and all that. But let's be absolutely real. A business is a business. And what I love about franchise consultants who do their job well is they match up more than just what do you like? It's also what are you good at and what is your tolerance for risk? And uh, what is your skill set? And, you know, can you work with a lot of employees or not a lot of employees? And it opens the eyes of the person you're working with to like, wow, I, I didn't realize all that. And you help them to be able to see possibilities. So, you know, mm-hmm. bravo, to, bravo to you and all of your um, peers that, that do that for people.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. People just don't know. I mean, we're taught to go to school and get a job. We're not taught to, you know, choose a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like picking a good stock. You know, you gotta, you gotta know which ones to pick before they break yep. and hit that tipping point. You gotta know
1: lots of different things. So, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's this franchise industry that's been growing over the past, you know, few decades is amazing. It ain't your father's franchising, where it used to only be fast
0: food. Right. You know. So true. So true. And uh, talk about not food. (laughs) Tell us about Care Patrol. What's the concept? What do we need to know?
1: I'd love to tell you about it because this is really a business that allows you to follow your passion. It allows you to do good, but it also allows you to do well as a business owner. So Mm -hmm. let, let me just back it up one second. Care Patrol is the largest and most successful senior placement franchise in the United States. Wow. By senior placement, what I mean is, you know, that used to be that when people got older, when they couldn't live in their own home anymore by themselves, they had really two choices. The first was move in with their family, which a lot of people didn't want to do because it's a burden on, you know, on them, their time, their emotions, et cetera. Yeah, and so they really didn't want to do that. And the other was to get home care help. Okay, have somebody come in to provide the services necessary, so that they could still live at home. And there are very good home care franchises out there. You know, Comfort Care, Plug Plug is one of those. We could talk about that in another uh, another podcast. <laughs> but one of the newest ways to be able to tap into the uh, silver tsunami that's out there, you know, the aging of America is through mm-hmm. assisted living placement, senior placement. And what it does, Tom, is now the model is very similar to real estate. Think of it as real estate, where you will find your clients and you will consult with them to find out what they need, what they want, what they can afford. And then you go into like an inventory database and you find things that match those needs, wants, and, and budgets. You take them to see the homes, they make a decision, and then you make a commission off of that sale. Make sense what I just said about that?
0: That's amazing. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So it is a real estate agent, but it's not just for if I and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not just for assisted living. It could be for various types of facilities that people would live in. Is that yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And so It could be um, independent living for people that just want the socialization aspects of living with others that are like them. And they've got, you know, bingo and arts and crafts and and field trips and all that. So there's independent living. Then there's assisted living, which is uh, essentially for individuals who uh, need help with maybe acts of daily living, maybe some mobility, maybe ambulation or out of the bed and, and, you know, to get them started in the morning, dressing them and things like that. There's memory care. And I'm sure I don't need to tell everybody listening that there is an incredible increase in the amount of individuals who are are living life with dementia or Alzheimer's. So there's special types of living communities or facilities for them. There's nursing homes for people who need um, an extraordinary amount of assistance and also medical care. So we're starting to find differentiation in the types of living accommodations that the senior population needs. And what care patrol does is help the seniors and their families find the safest, most suitable living accommodations when those times come that they need to leave their house um, and and live somewhere else. It's an incredible service. And like I said, it's also an incredible business because I throw a few statistics out there just so that you see why this is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, If you just look around, you do see the graying of America. You see how many more people are living longer, not necessarily healthy, but they're living longer. But by the year 2030, the senior population in the U.S. is going to be about 70 million people. And by 2050, it's expected to get up to about 85 million. You know, I don't want to admit that I'm one of these people, okay? but nearly 10,000 of us baby boomers are going to turn 65 each and every day over the next 15 years. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Mm. And the, you know what, we need to make adjustments in our lives. And that includes where we live. So, you know, again, Care Patrol yeah. is there to make sure that you're not just moving, but you're moving to a suitable, safe environment so that you can live the rest of your years comfortably. And should you need to change again, well, your Care Patrol, you know, franchisee, your their certified senior advisors, they'll be able to help you make the next move and ensure that you're in the right place at the right time.
0: That's so awesome. So how long has Care Patrol been in existence?
1: Care Patrol actually started in 1993, it was started by a gentleman named Chuck Bongiovanni, and uh, he's known in the industry as just Chuck B. So... He was a uh, hospital social worker specializing in placing patients when they left the hospital. And um, he had a very interesting thing happen to him. He got a phone call from somebody who left the hospital that he did not assist. And uh, this woman, it was actually the, uh, it was a memory care facility that was nearby. And they, this uh, particular person said, I've got a woman here who just left your hospital and she is threatening to walk out. She's very upset. She's, she's really, really, you know, just going to leave us. So Chuck ran mm-hmm. over there and he figured, oh, uh, this is just a woman who's got dementia, who's having, you know, uh, what's called sundowners episode, which they get agitated at night. And what happened when he got there was he found that there was this woman who was not in need of memory care at all. She was more lucid than, than he was. He was the only one that was confused that day. And it turned out that the woman's daughter had um, placed her in that facility, not knowing that there were different types of facilities. She selected it because it was on her way to and from work. And she knew that she could see her mom multiple times a day. But she picked it strictly on the concept of where it was, not on the suitability and the safety for her mom. She felt terrible. Mom felt terrible. Chuck saved the day. And rehomed her, so to speak, into a more suitable and safe environment. But he recognized that this couldn't be the only situation that this happened. And he created a business out of it, and that business became Care Patrol.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's a great story. How many units do you guys have?
1: So, right now we're at about 150 franchise units in 44 states across the United States. And this is our 10th year in franchising, by the way. So, even though we started in 93, We've been franchising since 2009, and we're, uh, we're going strong.
0: So something interesting recently happened with the company in regard to um, leadership. Can you yeah. talk about that?
1: Absolutely. I'd love to. So Chuck Bongiovanni and his wife, Becky, were running this fantastic franchise organization on their own. And last year, they were approached by a venture capital company called the Riverside Company. Nobody knows Riverside Company, but they know the companies that they've been behind franchises in the home repair and home maintenance field. Um, you know the brands if I if I mention them to you. And they had this um, umbrella organization called Neighborly. Have you heard? You've heard of all the brands in Neighborly, correct, Tom? Oh yeah. So lawn care and maid service and roofing and plumbing and electrical and all of that. Well, they they yeah. kind of had an epiphany. Three or four years ago, that the way this country is going, we needed more organized and more committed service for our seniors. So they divested themselves of all of those home oriented brands in deference to creating a suite of senior care brands that would fulfill the needs of, of all sorts of individuals in the golden years, starting with wellness, activities home care, senior placement, and the like. And they created this um, this umbrella organization called Best Life Brands. Best Life Brands, fabulous name. Because wow. <laughs> that's exactly what it does. It's going to be this amalgamation of franchise brands that serve the best life of seniors. And they were looking for the biggest and the best in the industry. And they found it with Care Patrol, senior placement. The last year, they purchased the company from Chuck and Becky Banjiavani, who are still there running the business on a day-to-day basis. But now we've got incredible investment behind us. We've got lots and lots of energy. They're changing technology. They're just making a strong brand even stronger.
0: It is amazing. And you have a rock star of a CEO, Steve Greenbaum. Who is just has a story, a storied career in franchising, and and very influential at the International Franchise Association. So somebody could get into a business like this pretty inexpensively and be on kind of a rocket ship ride with, with this got kind it. of brand.
1: Yeah, you got it. You know, we've got the financial backing from Riverside, the incredible franchise experience of of a Steve Greenbaum. Okay, for those of you who don't know. He was the, uh, the founder and the former CEO of uh, PostNet, um, okay. which is like 650 units worldwide. It's a, ship, it's a packaging and shipping company. And again, yeah, this man knows how to scale businesses, how to optimize resources, how to yeah. fine-tune changes in organizations. And if anybody is going to be able to grow the individual brands and have them work together for the benefit of all the brands, It's Mr. Greenbaum himself. And of course, don't forget, and Becky, the passion and the experience in the senior placement industry is still there. So we've got, uh, you know, uh, not more than a triple threat, we've got a quadruple threat for a super strong franchise opportunity.
0: Absolutely. What is the perfect franchisee that you're looking for? Who's a good fit for you guys? Is it somebody who comes out of the medical industry? Do you need medical experience?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. The answer is no. In fact, like 90% of our franchise owners never had any experience in senior or healthcare. The training is amazing, and the support combine to make everybody have the status of a subject matter expert in all things senior. You see, it's not a difficult business. It just requires Somebody who likes to build relationships and and build like a referral network within their community, Uh, people that like to help other people that, you know, really want to make a difference in their lives. By the way, that's in the lives of the seniors as well as the families of the seniors, because the families are often the people that that are having the most emotional issues. The seniors don't often recognize that they need assistance or that life is changing for them. So it's their families that, that our franchisees often get to work with to be able to make great decisions for the loved ones in their lives. And we're looking, we're looking for people who basically want to follow the system and not make it up, you know, on, on the fly. Those people who want the benefits of a mature brand that knows what they're doing, can train them, support them, and ensure that, that they're moving in the right direction to live the dream of business ownership that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to have. Yeah. We're just looking for people with a passion to serve people who want to do good and in turn do well as business people.
0: I love that. Well, thank you. That's so cool. So Eileen, if you could bust one myth about franchising or the senior care industry, for that matter, uh, your choice, either one, could you do that right now, right here?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think I want to bust a myth about the senior care market, and that is this is not a depressing market. This is not about old people. As I said, we're living longer, and we're very vital as we're getting older. Notice I'm putting myself into that community, okay? This is a very happy, enriching type of a service. If you are interested in just making a difference in people's lives, don't think of it as I'm going to be hanging around old people who are going to be, you know, un- incapable of of doing things on their own. Recognize that this is just the next phase of their life that they need to experience and you are there to help them be able to live that best life possible. So that's one thing that I want to to bust about that. but. If we have Mm -hmm. time, I'll bust a theory about um, franchising. How's that?
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Okay. So a lot of people I've heard think that franchising is a very controlling environment, that you have no individuality and that you are just kind of a drone uh, doing the same thing over and over to the letter of your manual. But there is a whole lot of ability for you to be an individual you know, not everybody can come up with the next great idea for a business, right? That's what franchising is about. They came up with the idea, they came up with the systems and the processes. And so as a result, okay, you can fit yourself in, but most franchises succeed because of the efforts that are put forth by the franchise owner, by the personality by the way that they are able to take the systems and dovetail them into something that feels and looks natural. And so I would encourage anybody who is thinking about franchising and, and thinking that, you know what, I just don't, I don't want to look like and be like everyone else. Know that there is the ability to be able to make each business your own. And I really do believe that you'll have a head start um, in the franchising realm as opposed to starting your own business. So I
0: don't know if that busted a myth, but that's just what I think. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And and you're right. I try to get that message out there all the time. It's, you know, in some of the older franchises, if we'll call it like a Subway or a Dunkin' Donuts, the rules are a lot more stricter and, and they're just an older business. But you still have a lot of latitude. You're running the day-to-day operation as a franchise owner. It's all, it's all on you, and there's a lot of creativity that goes on. The younger the franchise, I believe, in my opinion, is, is you know, a lot more creative. There's, there's less rules. So sometimes that's better for some people. But, you know, like you said, there's no good or bad. It's just whatever is best for you. And so you got to do the due diligence to figure it out. And that's what I help people do. How could people find out more about Care Patrol?
1: So Care Patrol obviously has um, a website out there. It's uh, it's carepatrol.com or carepatrolfranchise.com. But I would love to be able to share more information with anyone who might be interested in this type of a career. And you could reach me at Franchise Fastlane. You can email me at eproctor, that's E-P-R-O-C-T-O-R, at franchisefastlane.com. If you go to the FranchiseFastLane.com website, you'll see all the great brands that we represent. And uh, you know what? If, if uh, Care Patrol isn't for you, we have got such a diversity out there that I'm sure that we'll be able to work with you. And Tom um, will direct you to the right brand.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's And it is it's amazing things that you guys have. And there, some of them are so outrageously unique. I love it. I just love, love, love it. And so... I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for Care Patrol and taking care of Care Patrol and and Franchise Fast Lane. So I appreciate you, Eileen. You're a rock star. Thank you.
1: Well, right back at you, Tom. And I uh, give my uh, regards to everybody on Long Island. I'll look forward to being on the show again and uh, sharing more good times with you. I wish everybody great luck. I have a quote that I'd like to end this with, if you don't mind. Please. This is uh Johan. Sebastian uh, Greta, and it's very simple. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And unless one is committed, there's hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always an effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there's one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans at the moment one definitely commits to oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man or woman could have dreamt would have come his way. But take that first step. Don't delay Today's
0: your day. That's awesome. Can you send me that? Like, I sure
1: will. I have that hanging in my office and I look at it every day. And um, I would be very happy if you would share that with anyone and everyone that you know.
0: Yeah, I'll put that on the page, the Franchise Academy podcast on, under this particular show. So it'll be in the show notes. Um, that would be awesome because that speaks to what I talk about all the time in my book, The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty. Is that, you know, it's not franchise A or franchise B. That's not your choice. Your choice really is the choice between uncertainty or unhappiness. And hmm. that uncertainty is when when you pick uncertainty instead of unhappiness, that's when providence moves. And uh, it's having faith in the universe and in your God. And so. I'm with to you. To that on a very spiritual note, that was awesome. I appreciate it. My pleasure. That was great. I will talk with you soon and uh, God bless you and have a great evening.
1: You too. Good night, everybody. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, the franchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.